0: dogs and welcome to fun facts friday this is our once a week only on friday show where we have special episodes not featuring guests where i will share tricks tips terminology and techniques that will help skyrocket you to real estate investing success today's topic is i just bought myself an rv park Oh, but before we get started, <laughs> I am just uh, stoked to be talking to you guys, and man, the holiday season is here, and all kinds of good cheer, and, and uh, just great stuff going on, and boy, oh boy, is it getting cold in Tennessee. Man, oh man, not used to that single-digit, I mean single-digit weather here. It's going to be like seven degrees this week, so I am just... Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to get used to it. It's a whole different thing. You're probably laughing. You're probably in Minnesota or somewhere going, yeah, it's minus 12 here, you know. But, uh, hey, anyway, I'm just an old softy Californian and... Uh, um, but uh, becoming more and more Tennessean every day, having blast here. I love it here. And I hope that you guys are, are having a great time wherever you are too, hopefully doing really well in real estate investing. Guys, there are some great things happening uh, for those out there that are actively investing or at least ready to do it because, um, wow, well, I'll share a little bit of it with you today as I jump into, I just bought an RV park. Okay, I know for the last six months, I have been talking about um, how I have become a truly passive real estate investor. Someone who basically invests in very passive real estate, you know, mainly along the lines of syndications or businesses or other areas where I don't have to run it. I don't have to manage it. I don't have to deal day to day with it, but I'm investing with people that I really trust and that are great, you know, managers and sponsors and, um, and folks that, uh, I feel feel comfortable with investing. And, and I don't take that lightly. So, uh, I do consider myself at least as of Earlier this week, a truly passive investor, but something happened, okay? And that I wasn't really planning on doing. I, I didn't really, I haven't been seeking to buy new properties, okay? I'm always looking at good investments, but I wasn't looking to invest in a property on my own. In other words, buying it, managing, running it, all that stuff, okay? But in my defense, I have also been telling you guys that, hey, I hope you're putting cash away. I hope that maybe you're unloading those unprofitable properties that you have and holding on to that money, not immediately investing it because good deals are coming. Well, that's what happened. I just ran into an amazing deal and let me try to explain to you. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I, as I mentioned, uh, when I escaped from California, I also happened to bring two of our children with us, more hopefully on the way soon. I have uh, my oldest son here, Jordan, and my youngest daughter, Francesca. And uh, both of which wanted to come, not just because we were going and they were going to miss us, but they truly wanted to come to Tennessee. Of course, they were going to miss us. But hey, Nonetheless, they wanted to go to Tennessee. They see that there are great opportunities here, especially for young people or younger people uh, being able to buy a house, for example. Uh, You can't do that at 22. Anyway, most people at, uh, you know, young age are not going to be able to get a home, buy a home, own a home in California. It is just really, really tough. And it's hard enough to even find rental properties that uh, are not ridiculously expensive. So anyway, so those two that came with us um, came out here and they've been just going crazy. They got great jobs right away. And at first they were kind of going, well, the minimum wage is so much lower here. Well, neither of them are working at minimum wage and both of them are making great salaries, even compared to California standards. Um, and on top of that, my oldest son, fell in love and got married here. I mean, we've only been here a short time, but yeah, found the girl of his dreams. And, um, so he was living with us, but now he'd moved out and, uh, they are trying to find a home. And so I have been out there looking for a place for them, um, trying to help them out while they're working real hard. So I could, you know, they could send properties to me and I could contact the agent, check on them and do that kind of stuff. And um, so I'm looking around and I stumble across this property, which was very interesting. Now, my son was saying he really wanted acreage, you know, if he could get 10 acres. Great. Five. He'd be happy. But, uh, you know, he wanted to get some acreage and I understand that definitely. So anyway, so I found this property that I just stumbled across. It's 11, more than 11 and a half acres. Okay. So it's pretty good size. Um, but it wasn't just a, a you know, an empty lot. And so my son was looking for, yeah, he wanted the acreage, but he definitely wanted a house on there too, preferably like a three bedroom, two bath type house. Doesn't have to be huge, but just, you know, something for them to get started. And so I saw this and it didn't have a house on it, but it had like five trailers on it, which I thought was really interesting. Okay. And so I had to check it out and I went and met with the owner and it's really interesting what he did. Now, I've seen mobile home parks before, and I've, you know, looked at those, you know, as potential investments, but this wasn't a mobile home park. It's kind of like a mini mobile home park, um, because these aren't your typical single wide, double wide, you know, uh, manufactured homes. This is a, like a trailer, like a, and I'm not talking about a fifth wheel, even I'm talking about just a, a, a trailer, probably 20 to 30 feet in length. And what he's done is he brought them in there. He made pads for them, wired, electric, septic, uh, water, you know, all, all the, the basic stuff, just like you would for a, a regular a mobile home park. Um, And um, he, you know, he took the wheels off of them because uh, he couldn't get, for example, the propane, he wanted to get one big propane tank that would provide propane to all the properties. And he couldn't do that if the wheels were still on it because they would say you'd have to have your own propane. So he took the wheels off, he put skirts around them and it, you know, you look at it, it looks like a, a mini mobile home park. Okay. So. It's really a unique idea. And then, then he had this interesting model where people that rent from him um, are only renting on a six-month lease, not a, a one-year lease, okay? So they're renting out these these trailers and they're paying on a weekly basis, which is really interesting. And, and I, I, he explained it to me why. I, I didn't quite get it, but I think... It, it, it kind of goes like this. In Tennessee, it is a landlord-friendly state. So, you know, you you are going to have some, you know, if you have to deal with evictions and things of that nature, that's mainly where you want to be in a landlord-friendly state. And in that particular scenario, if somebody pays first and last rent, okay, okay, and this um, these little mobile home parks. I mean, these little mobile homes are going for like two fifty a week. Okay, and it includes everything. I mean, you, it's fully outfitted. You've got your utilities in there. I mean, you've got your your appliances, all this stuff. Everything's covered. There's even wash uh, wash washer and dryers that are available free. Uh, and then there's cable TV on top of that. So so it's kind of everything you need. It's kind of like a Airbnb because you know th- there's everything you need basically but they don't supply like coffee and things like that but it it's pretty self-contained okay so but they're paying first and last and then uh, a deposit which is the same as whatever the weekly is so in this case 250 a week they would pay first and last and the deposit and with that okay if somebody you know doesn't pay rent then, you know, you can give notice and there's a, you know, there's enough time in there within that. Uh, the, okay. You're kind of covered. If you, let's say they don't pay week one, you've still got that last, you know, last month rent you've already taken in plus the deposit at another 250. So you basically have two weeks of rent. So if that person doesn't pay, you can move on the eviction and within two weeks, they will be out of there, um, you know, again, if you're going through the regular cycle here and, on evictions, and then you can have somebody else in. So it's it's kind of an interesting model. I've never seen anything like this. Um, similar to, you know, kind of, a, well, it's not like an Airbnb by any means, but it it, um, it is kind of short term. I'd say it's more medium term rental. And um, But, you know, you don't have to, like with an Airbnb, you've got to buy the furniture, you've got to, get the appliances, you have to decorate, you have to have sheets and towels and all this other stuff. You don't have to do any of this. It's all there because it's a trailer. They're, they're self-contained, right? And uh, they, they're they already hooked up to electricity, water, propane, septic. You don't have to put that in their name because it's, or they don't have to put it in their name because it's, it's included in the rent. So um, anyway, this model just really Interest me. And I, you know, just, I, I, you know, kept talking to the guy and asking him about it and how he'd put this together. So I, you know, I asked him, you know, how much he was selling it for. When he told me, I said, what? I, I was just like blown away um, that it was so inexpensive. You know, not only is it, you know, a fair amount of acreage, but you've got cash flow. You've got these five trailers on the property. That are generating, I'd mentioned already, you know, $1,000 a month. So that's $5,000. And the property itself was uh, selling for only 215000 So, I mean, if you look at it, you know, if you're looking at buying rental properties, a lot of times we have this thing called the 1% rule, right? That the rent should be equal to 1% of the purchase price, you know, looking at on an annual basis. Well, this is like 3%. Um, and it's, also, if you look at it, you know you're generating sixty thousand a year on these on these rentals. Um, you're basically you're looking at a thirty percent ROI, meaning you know that, that in three years you will have paid off this property, which includes again these trailers. So I was like blown away with this, and I and I told my son, I said, you know, this is like a great opportunity. You guys could live in one of the trailers, um, or you could sort of bring your own in or even build a little, a little house on the property. Um, and you know, they, they kind of liked the idea, but then they're also newlyweds and they, you know, they're, they're, and I understand totally, you know, that you can, you know, it's kind of like you're looking for the white picket fence and the, and the yard and, and kids, you know, not necessarily people coming over saying, Hey, you know, my refrigerator doesn't work or whatever, you know? So, so they're, they, they didn't quite, didn't quite, you know, this wasn't right for them, but I'm looking at it. I'm going, this is an amazing deal. I said, even if I just pick this thing up and turn it around, I could probably sell it for, you know, a lot more than, than he sold it for. Um, and it was funny cause I initially made an offer to him and he turned it down. Not only did he turn it down, but he, he took it off market. And so, uh, I thought, well, you know, that's, that's the end of the deal. And, he called me back, you know, like a month later and basically said, are you still interested? And I said, sure. And he goes, look, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not looking to make a a ton of money on this thing. I just want to sell it at the asking price. And, you know, I, I knew that the asking price was good, even though I offered less, I said, okay, you got a deal. And so I said, you know, pending, you know, inspections and all the things that we had to do basically on the due diligence side. So, so that's, that's kind of what happened here as I started getting into it I've started sharing it with some of my other kids and especially some that are already planning to come out. They were really excited about it. And, and so they you know, they, they still may get involved. And, and that's my hope is I want to do this for them. Um, if they don't, you know, we'll probably have to find people and train them to, to manage the park because we really don't want to be there all the time. Um, because this is sort of what we're looking at, there's all this land and um, it, the the trailers only sit on, you know, maybe one fifth of the of the land. So there's um, there's some undeveloped areas, uh, you know, that's uncleared, that's got trees, uh, but there's still plenty of, um, you know, land that has been cleared. And so, you know, we were looking at, and we're you know, in the process of, uh, at this point, um, looking at various other cash flowing types of things that can happen there, including Airbnbs, um, including adding more trailers like, like he, he has done, um, or maybe just putting the, the pads in so that people can bring their own trailer. And all we have to do is supply the electricity, the water, and, and preferably the, the sewer as well. Um, but we're looking at tiny houses and then, and we're also looking at glamping with, the, you know, called glamorous camping, um, where you might have a yurt or you might have a, you know, a, a nice, you know, tent that's maybe made out of canvas that, you know, has a, a king size bed in it and it's all, you know, decked out and whatever, but it's for people that like to camp, but, you know, don't want the discomfort. And so, and, and clamping is, is like really hot right now. And so I'm looking at the area, and I go, well, what's here? Is there anything near it? And so I started looking around. I found out 10 minutes away, there's a national park with incredible, I mean, fishing, um, there's whitewater rafting. In fact, the uh, Olympics um, uh, used uh, one of the rivers there that the Ocoee River um, uh, for the Olympics. It has like, just top grade whitewater rafting. And I mean, and then all, there's all these other things. There's like train rides and there's um, there's a, a glider airport. I mean, all this stuff is within a short period of space. And I'm looking at this and I was thinking, gee, at first I thought, well, there's not really anything attraction there, even though we're even considering putting a pond in or maybe a small lake or something like that. But we don't i don't think we need it it's a, it's a good destination to be able to go to this incredible hiking trails waterfalls i mean you you name it it's not that far away i started you know when i first started getting into this i'm going okay well what what uh I mean, it's just a good investment. You know, what, what I did, I knew nothing about RV parks. So I started doing my research and I found out that the market size of a campground and RV park sector, the sector itself in the U.S. is about, in 2001, it was uh, $6 billion or $6.38 billion in 2021. And then um, that, was, uh, that was up. From 5.93 billion in 2020. Okay. And at the end of this year, we'll know for sure, but it already looks like it's going to be around the 7.0 something um, billion in 2022. So, okay, this is a growing sector. I mean, a seriously growing sector. Um, And then you look at okay who is, who are the people that are using these RVs and i find out that you know 10,000 baby boomers of course i've mentioned this before as we've been in senior housing 10,000 baby boomers are turning 65 every day and plenty of them are selling their big paid for homes buying RVs and either traveling around the country and, and or just you know just <laughs> becoming you know just uh, You know, mobile and checking out things and traveling around the U.S. and wherever their wheels will take them. I'm beginning to see that. You know, as I'm meeting people in Tennessee, I'm running into a lot of these people, and a lot of them have the fifth wheels. You know, the big the big trailers. They've got washer dryers. They've got um, heaters, air conditioners. They've got all. I mean, it's they're decked out. These these uh, really nice trailers. So uh, you know, yeah. I mean, the boomers are definitely getting into this. But then I find out too, that the millennials in their twenties and thirties, okay, they're taking to RV travel as well and, um, are seeing it as a, as a you know, a way to, you know, bond families together and to, um, you know, get out of the, 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 you know, the rat race. And I've, i had a number on my, on my show even that, uh, you know, that are, doing RVs as well that have become financially independent and they've achieved this through real estate investing. So they've got this this great income that's coming in, this cash flow income, and they've got this RV and they're just traveling anywhere they can. I mean they're they're either digital nomads, which we've talked about a fair amount on our show, a uh, couples with young children, singles who just want to travel and, you know, hike and climb rocks and and do cool things around the country. Um and so I'm, I'm looking at this and going, this is, this is amazing. And, um, it's so, and then, the, and then here's the other part of it. And this is a, a pretty big element is in recession, which we are in and, um, and it could be getting more intense. You know, people are going to be experiencing hard times, you know, job and income loss, possible foreclosures and, and more. So these people, if we look at, you know, past recessions, you know, they may sell their homes. Um, they, you know, they may sell their home or move into a rental. Um, you know, they may want to buy an RV for mobility and self-containment. Um, with an RV, you know, they just basically need to pay for food, gas, maintenance, insurance, and, uh, you know, the cheap cost of staying at an RV park. Um, and which, yeah, you know, it ranges from places. Some places are 350 a month. Some, you know, go up to, you know, 1200 a month. It just depends on the amenities and things like that. I, I think that there are those that some that are just going to go on the road. and There's others that are maybe going to get the RV so they can start scouting out the country and trying to find a great place to live where it might be more affordable and uh, buy a house there. Um, they made, ch- you know, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's just a lot of different scenarios that can happen there, but during a recession, RV sales do go up, and so I'm you know I'm asking myself, is it owning an RV park a good investment? Well, all these stats that I've been sharing with you seem to say the same thing. You know, purchasing an RV park means you're getting in on an already growing market. Uh, with even more potential for growth in the coming decade, RV parks also tend to offer higher yields just on their own, just historically, um, some, you know, in the 10 to 20% ROI area. Um, So for myself, I'm saying, okay, well, what, you know, I I thought I was going to be a passive investor here. (laughs) Well, um, okay, I, I still want to be a passive investor and I'm going to try and make this as passive as I can. Um hopefully my kids will get involved if not, you know, I may hire outside people and, and I still have to manage those people but you know, I'm committed to being a, a passive investor if I can set up, you know, the and develop and build this park upright. Now, you know, we're, we have a lot of room where we can add a lot of these things we talked out, you know, talked about uh, the tiny homes, uh, glamping. Um, We could, you know, even have like animal areas like a petting zoo and, and uh, there's room for a swimming pool. And there's, I mean, there's all kinds of room for things that we could uh, put into this. And um, yeah, it will require some on-site people eventually. Right now it, doesn't well. we're close enough that we can drive over to this park and you know if there's anything that's needed but uh, eventually as it starts to get busier um, especially if we do you know allow people to bring their trailers and stay for short terms then yeah we'll definitely have to have to get uh, some outside people though either way it looks like a solid recession-proof investment that has longevity and great potential for significant you know for a significant boost in value now if i can get more you know cash flow income going on this thing uh its value is going to go up significantly and uh so and i know some of you are probably sitting there going okay great bill i found this great deal Uh, don't you know rub it in and 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 look i'm not saying i'm saying that (laughs) what i just discovered was a a niche that i didn't really know much about I, i know a fair amount about mobile home parks i know about airbnb um yeah a little bit about glamping and stuff like that but I, I just didn't realize um that it was it was what you know this this hot area and so you know the good news is that every day you know the biological clock is advancing and most of these rv parks um there are some that are kind of franchises and so with COAs and so forth, but most of them are owned by mom and pops. And, um, and that, you know, that these are people that are, you know, that are maybe like our age or my age and, uh, that have, have these. And as they get older and older, uh, they're going to be more motivated to probably sell, um, they may, you know, they, they may have health issues or they just, you know just not being able to kind of keep up with the pace and so forth. And uh, and since they probably don't have any debt because these places are relatively inexpensive to get up and started, um, they could be extremely aggressive on price and, and or you could get extremely aggressive on the price and they may want to carry financing um, you because know, they like the cash flow. That was the reason they get it in the first place. So if you can provide cash flow by you know, paying off the property uh, directly to them and sort of avoiding the the bank, that might be a, a good, uh, yeah, attractive incentive as well. Um, so if you're motivated and you don't think, you know, doing a little research would be a problem, I would definitely just look into it and see. Now, granted, it, um, you do need people on site, especially if you get to, you know, into larger parks, but they're you know, we do the same thing when we look for apartments out of state. And, uh, so, you know, uh, I, again, I'm not trying to talk anybody into this. I just letting you know about this new niche that I happen to kind of just fall into that I, I think is, is a good, uh, you know, kind of a good way to go. Um, you know, instead of slaving away at your desk or, you know, uh, you know, doing, you know, maybe something you're not really excited about doing and, and dealing with some of the uncertainties out there in the economy, this could be a real fun thing. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, if, if you actually wanted to live on site, like we have room, we could put a house on this place. We already have a house here though, uh, in another location just real close by, but, um, you know, you could, you could set up your own little cabin there and you can hang out with these people that are, you know, that are, you know, that are coming in there. Um, you can play tour guide and show them, you know, take them down and show them the, the rapids or, uh, take him hiking in caves or, or whatever. Um, you know, you can choose the location. I mean, you can go to a nature setting. It doesn't have to be a nature setting. There's a lot of metro areas that have, uh, uh, RV parks that do very, very well. Um, you can run your business the way you want, whether you want to live there or oversee others that do, you know, the choice is yours. Uh, there's, it seems like there's a lot of freedom in this type of a, an investment, you know, and, uh, and, and the, a great thing is that, you know, you're, uh, you're building something up and you're not only going to generate cash flow but it's going to grow in value as the demand grows for these rv parks you know they're a lot of fun many of them you can you know you feel like a big backyard barbecue with families milling around getting to know another know one another longtime friends you know we we stayed in one recently and um for this uh, big uh, week-long event we were at, and it was so much fun. It was so good to see kids running around, you know, playing in nature instead of, you know, glued to their, you know, their their video games or, or their phones. I mean, they're just out being kids, and it's, it's just—it's a really exciting thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just over— you know, over the top here <laughs> on it, but they you know, they tend to be low maintenance, especially if it's just a, a pad that somebody's bringing their trailer to. And, um, yeah, you, you know, it's good to have amenities or maybe a little, uh, store there or something. You can sell supplies for people, firewood or whatever. Um, but you know, generally low maintenance, if you don't get into too many, you know, outside things, if you have a lot of like Airbnbs there, you know, yeah, that's a high maintenance, but if, um, you know, you do like this guy did where these, these smaller trailers, uh, it's relatively low maintenance. Uh, On average, uh, you know, an RV park will yield you know, like I said, anywhere from 10 to 20%. Uh, and, uh, th- I'd say that's, you know, among the highest yielding right now in real estate. If your goal is to maximize the return on your investment, RV parks uh, look like a pretty good place to start. You know, also, you know, RV parks, uh, it looks like they're in sort of a mega trend here. They're, they're growing and, uh, the demand is, is increasing. So, uh, yeah, if, yeah, I just, again, I'm sharing it with you guys because I, by the time this comes out, I will be an RV park owner. Um, and I am, uh, I'm going to take it seriously and uh, try to see what we can do with it. It's uh, kind of a fun thing. Hey, and if we don't, we still, we're still we still getting some great cash flow and uh, without doing much of anything. And so um, it's, a, uh, it's, uh, it's something you can take a look at and think about well that's it for now please note old dog listeners everything presented here today i don't know if i'm going to really have any links in here but uh if i if I find some good ones i will we have had some uh, rv guys on the show so i might add those links in there um but all of that can be accessed in our detailed show notes in the old dogs website at old forward slash blog and you're gonna look for the episode entitled, I just bought myself an RV Park. <laughs> well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate invest in the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the old dog's REI network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.